G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to some proactive developments around gambling, especially on the scourge of poker machines leaving families in poverty. The Anglican Dean of Sydney, Canon Sandy Grant, has teamed up with the CEO and Superintendent of Wesley Mission, the Reverend Stu Cameron, to press for government action ahead of next year's state election. They've written an open letter and are seeking to meet with the relevant minister and shadow minister asking for a unity ticket on gambling reform in New South Wales. The Reverend Stu Cameron of Wesley Mission is joining us. Stu, welcome back to 2020. Fantastic to be with you, Stu, no doubt there's something pretty special here that you're standing up to, and that is that New South Wales has about double the rate of poker machine losses compared to every other Australian state. That's that's mind-boggling. Uh, that, yeah, that's right. I mean, recent Monash University research says that the average poker machine user loses $4,500 a year in New South Wales. Now, most other states, the maximum is $2,800. So not only do we have in New South Wales, you know, almost half the number of poker machines in Australia, 89,000 of 200,000, we also have almost double uh, the per capita losses as well. So, um, you know, poker machine losses nationally uh, in the last recorded year, $11.4 billion. Uh, and in, South, in, in New South Wales, $5.43 billion. So it's a staggering figure. And all of that is being ripped out of the, uh, the pockets of families and individuals and uh, causing so much carnage and heartache. Now, when it comes to gambling, here we are at a time when interest rates are rising, there's pressures on family budgets, the cost of living is affecting people. Does this actually make it worse is this a harder time for families who are trying to balance the budget because there's a thought maybe i'll have a win down at the pokies oh then that's the that's the pernicious nature of gambling addiction uh you know when uh when 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 we came out of lockdowns here in new south wales there was a spike in poker machine usage i mean people were lined up at uh, clubs and pubs at 1201 a.m waiting for the venue to open uh after lockdown so they really get their hooks into people, and, and people do. Even though the machines are absolutely programmed uh, to uh, for you to lose over the long haul, there's no way, there is absolutely no way you can win on poker machines. And yet, psychologically, people are entrapped uh, by machines that are, cal- that are, that are uh, manufactured to addict. So you've got pubs and clubs and governments who have what is almost a license to exploit the poor. That's what I'm hearing you say. Well, I mean, we here in New South Wales, New South Wales government, more than $2 billion in gambling tax from poker machines alone. It's almost $3 billion. And that's by the government's own estimation is going to increase by 12.33% over the next couple of years per annum. 
And uh, we call it a misery tax, Sandy Grant and myself, because it really is a tax that uh, trades on the misery of uh, families. Now, for every person that is uh, has a, a gambling addiction, seven other people are directly impacted by that addiction. Now, kids who don't have food on the table or school books or, uh, you know, uh, uh, families who are not able to pay mortgages and so on and so forth, who lose everything as a result of one individual in the family and their addiction and what it's done. You and Sandy are saying, as pastors, we can't remain silent as we hear from people experiencing gambling addiction. Are pastors in communities really all over Australia doing enough or anything to protect their own towns and communities? Well, the interesting thing is that, you know, I know as a pastor at Wesley Mission, we have 10 congregations. We have people in our own congregations who have uh, suffered through the scourge of gambling addiction. And I'm sure that there are many other pastors and, and church leaders who are listening who would be able to nod their head sadly because they have also, they also know people within their own community. So this is, this is a, a, an addiction that touches all demographics of society, young and old, rich and poor, uh, people in wealthy suburbs and people in working-class suburbs, people of all different ethnicities. And so I think there's an opportunity for the church uh, to provide financial counselling, provide support of emergency relief, all the things the church does so phenomenally well, uh, but to do that in a way that helps and assists those particularly who are suffering uh, through gambling addiction. In your state, uh, the New South Wales state election is just six months away and you'd like to see some leadership and courage from the Premier, Dominic Perrottet, and from the opposition leader, something of a unity ticket to tackle the issue. Uh, is, this, yeah. is this a great aspiration or is it just a sort of a hopefulness? What sort of possibilities are there for a unity ticket? Well, look, Neil, I think there's actually a real opportunity. I think there's a, 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 a you know, divine moment, I think, that's opening up for us. I really sincerely believe that, a Kairos moment for us, in that uh, Dominic Perrottet, I interviewed him for our Easter breakfast at Wesley Mission earlier this year when I asked him about gambling. And, and you know, Wesley Mission, we had the first gambling counselling service in Australia, so we have long history in this field. We, we, we know the voices of lived experience. When I asked him about gambling, it, there's no question that as a committed Catholic, you know, quite a strong practicing Catholic, he has, you know, a real moral dilemma about, uh, you know, the fact that the, the government, it could be said, the New South Wales government has the most uh, damaging addiction of all in terms of the taxation revenue it has. Chris Minns, likewise, has a very strong, active Christian faith. We, we, we've heard both of them speak, Sandy and I, about their social justice conscience, which comes out of their faith. So we think there's actually a, an opportunity with both of these men leading the two major parties to be able to come together, form a unity ticket, and you know break the shackles uh, that the gambling industry has had over our state for way too long. It's already happened in Tasmania. In Tasmania, the, the Liberal Party down there, the Liberal government down there, announced unilaterally that we're, they were going to introduce a cashless gaming card, which will reduce harm significantly. Uh, and the the, uh, the the Labor opposition, after some days, came in behind and supported them in that move. If it can happen in Tasmania, it can happen in New South Wales, where uh, the addiction issues are even stronger. So when we say, what does poker machine reform look like? You've got that cashless gaming smart card system. Mm -hmm. uh, what other elements mm -hmm. would be a part of that? 
Well, I mean, here in New South Wales, you can bend, uh, bet up to $10 every time you press the buttons. We'd like to see that limited to $1. We'd like to see gaming machine, uh, gaming venue hours limited, uh, close at midnight and don't open until 10 o'clock in the morning. We think that's sensible and wise. Uh, we think uh, having daily bet limits, you know, say $100, which is what they're looking at doing in Tasmania, or having caps using the cashless gaming card of no more losses than $5,000 per annum. We don't want to take away people's right to, to choose to gamble should they, should they make that choice. What we want to do uh, is restrict uh, the harm that's caused by these machines, uh, which is more often than not uh, felt by those who can least afford it. Stu, is problem gambling getting worse? Look, I mean, the, the data and the statistics would suggest, yes, there is a, a real uh, upswing in the number of people who are gambling. We haven't talked about today in our conversation uh, sports betting, which, of course, is, uh, you know, capturing the attention of a whole new generation, young men in particular, uh, who are encouraged through sports finals and racing and those sorts of things to bet with their mates, for example, is one of the slogans. Uh, and so, you know, we're seeing a real uptick in uh, young men in particular who are losing you know, their life savings in sports betting apps. Um, so it's not just poker machines. Poker machines are having the greatest impact, but we're seeing a, a significant upswing in sports betting as well. Now, it's a $2 billion industry in New South Wales, as you say, and uh, huge around the whole nation. Uh, pubs and clubs are benefiting. So is government by way of this taxation that you're talking about. Uh, why would pubs and clubs want to let go of it? There'd be a bit of a battle there too, wouldn't there? Oh, look, I mean, and that's, that's certainly the case. Wherever you know people are making significant profits, and we think uh, you know, profits that are... Uh, uh, you know, uh, quite inappropriate. People are going to defend that too. We do believe, however, you know, the government may lose in the short term some taxation revenue from reducing gambling harm, but that money doesn't disappear from the economy. It goes back into much more productive uh, elements of the economy, uh, buying fresh food or buying, uh, you know, equipment for education, these sorts of things. So the money that, that, that would be diverted from gambling would go into far more productive elements of the economy uh, for the broader society. So, I mean, look, here in New South Wales, I mean, the, it's, it's, Australians lose uh, every year almost $26 billion in gambling. $26 billion. We have the highest per capita losses uh, in gambling of any nation across the world. Uh, and so uh, it, it really behoves us as, as, as Christian leaders, as community leaders, as, as political leaders, to work together to find a way of reducing that significant impact. Challenging times ahead because, as I understand it, and you mentioned this in your letter, that the the pubs and clubs industry, actually, they get together with the government too before any state election and they make their own agreements about what will happen with gambling and uh, reform's not necessarily on that agenda. So that's a challenge too. But you're saying that the the way to approach this, uh, the best first step is a single bipartisan approach so that's something that uh, every listener to our conversation today could support if they're in touch with their local member. Yeah, we, we would encourage people to, not just in New South Wales, but across the nation. I know we, your, your program goes right around the nation. To be writing to your local members and asking them about their, uh, their position when it comes to gambling reform. Every state has its own challenges. New South Wales are particularly pointed. Uh, but to 
but to write and ask them to be public uh, about that. What happens with the gambling industry is that where uh, a local politician indicates that they are uh, pro-reform, the gambling industry will often fund uh, their opponent, whether they're Liberal or Labor or Independent or otherwise, uh, such as, you know, quite aggressive way in which they target people who speak up. So it's really incumbent upon those of us uh, in the community to speak up and support Voices for Reform and to encourage Voices for Reform when it comes to our political leaders of whichever political stripe they are. So I'd encourage your listeners, write to your members, ask them the, ask them the question, what is your view when it comes to gambling reform and uh, what can be done? Well, the Reverend Stu Cameron is the CEO and Superintendent of Wesley Mission, teaming up with Canon Sandy Grant, the Anglican Dean of Sydney, and they're wanting to get together with the relevant ministers to form a unity ticket on gambling reform. If you want to see the letter that they've written, you can find it on the Wesley Mission website, wesleymission.org.au. You can see that open letter there. Uh, Stu Cameron, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Uh, look, so so thrilled to be able to do so. And can I just say one one more thing? You know, for for Sandy and I, you know, we are men of faith. We are men of strong personal commitment to follow and to worship and to live our lives under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We believe that this is a gospel issue. Jesus came to proclaim good news to the poor, uh, to re- release for the prisoners. Um, at liberty for the captive. And so we believe that uh, this is a, an, an issue that's at the heart of the gospel uh, in that we should be speaking up for those who cannot or are, are unable to speak for themselves. Uh, and so for Sandy and I, uh, this is core to our Christian leadership and faith. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.